Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Yeah, you can say it's been a hard break um, because I did not leave Rangers. So it's more like I got released. Just a quick one before we get into this episode. I just want to let you know that this episode was recorded before Michael Bill's departure from QPR. Since we recorded this episode, he has now the Rangers manager. Hope you enjoy it and take care. Hello listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Beautiful Game Podcast. I'm with my right hand man Dej. How are you today bro? I'm happy today. Um, today we've got a first returning guest and this one's going to be a special one because the first time round was an epic podcast so I know it's going to be same again. Mm, definitely. This is a man of his word. He said look we're going to do a part two and obviously today we're delighted to bring you that part two. Before we introduce our guests I just want to plug our socials. Follow our Twitter at podcast underscore TBG, our Instagram at pod underscore TBG, and our TikTok that's blowing up right now, TBG pod. Also, like the video, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and leave a comment for the algorithm. We're delighted to announce we're joined again for part two with QPR centre-back, Man Mountain, Leon <laughs> Balogun. Welcome, 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 brother. I felt like welcome. you're not a new signing. <laughs> <laughs> no, welcome, my guy. Love for coming on. Obviously, Thanks we've stayed in regular contact. Yeah. Man of your word, proper, proper man. So, love for coming on again. 
Thanks for having me again, huh? Beautiful game podcast in a new beautiful studio as oh, well. Yeah. So, no, it's good to be here. Love, bro. It was about time. Definitely. Because we were speaking during the summer uh, when you were free agent and stuff and we were discussing certain stuff and you were very, very open and yeah. about how you were trying to find a new club. So, like, first of all, how is that sort of looking for a new club once you left Rangers? Stressful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't lie. I've been in a similar situation before, I think, in 2014. Um... Uh, I've done my my metathorso, broke my foot in my debut for Nigeria. Uh, missed out on the World Cup. That club back then did not sign me on, so I was not in a great place. But I was very, very positive. Um, completely different setup than now, eight years later, um, because I hadn't really done much until that point in football. Um so I had even my parents in my ear back then saying like <laughs> maybe in plus you know Nigerian that so yeah. I was like okay now is the time for you to study <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> not, not yet mm. um, and during all that time I remember how people asked me how did I stay so positive and um, and I just said look I just have faith and I know it's not over yet um, and then surprisingly why I'm telling you this is this summer I struggled it was hard because I had done a few bits by now or by then but winning the Scottish um, League Scottish yeah just Cup even in terms of building my career building like a bit of profile you know even financially like as I said back then I hadn't done too much so mm. it's a completely different setup much more settled and everything much less to worry about um, and then here I am thinking what's going on like feeling myself being stressed couldn't have always been easy for my girlfriend at home who's, mm. who's been with me um, and I tried to balance it out. I can't lie. I felt like I was overwhelmed with the whole situation. Everybody was like, yeah, just take some time off, travel. But I felt like I couldn't because I need to be ready. I need to be ready for the day. I messaged you saying that, yeah. oh, Leon, don't chop live too much. Or, and you're like, bro, what live? Man's chopping runs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was just pretty much um, running through Glasgow, um, Shout out to some of my friends that I made outside of football. Sean from Kirsch Kicks and, and Vinny. He he works at Sides actually. They became good mates of mine. Um, played with them in, in Power League Glasgow. Okay. Which was just a good way to get some football in, really, mm. because I was by myself apart from that, just running. Um, there was another guy. I, have to, I, I promise him that I'm going to mention him. Uh, his name is Bill from the University of Glasgow. He allowed me to use their football pitches just to do some, some pitch-based running. Um, that obviously helped me massively when I then joined QPR. But yeah, that summer, I mean, I was in Ibiza for a week and then uh, in Italy, Naples and, and Positano with my girlfriend. That was beautiful. But as soon as I got back to Glasgow, I just found myself thinking, okay, what's next? Talking to clubs, then turning me down. Mostly it was my age, which mm. is very frustrating, which probably played a big part in the whole thing of me feeling so, so down because... I just played more games in the past two seasons than I ever played before, like on the spin. And you keep hearing, yeah, fitness, he's too old, he's too old. He's told him, like, what What do you mean? <laughs> you know? Um, and that was just tough, really. Um, so I was even more delighted when, when QPR finally, finally happened because we spoke at the beginning of summer when, when the news broke that Rangers uh, released me. And... Uh, then 
didn't really didn't really happen and but we kept in touch and here I am London boy now <laughs> Queen's Park Rangers and it's been been going pretty well so far just a very quick one before we move into QPR when you say stress like what what do you mean like what did that entail was that like sleepless nights you know lack of appetite like what does what, what do you mean by the stress it's more like I was just constantly worried I'm in general I'm a quite positive guy and, and mm. laid back I don't stress too much but it was just like this cloud over my head the whole time like what if you know mm. like I f- I came to think about okay if I were to stop playing now I wouldn't even be I wouldn't even know what I would do like you so, always think about things so that came into your mind yes you like but it just hits you hard you know because for the past years I'm thinking okay mm. what can I do um after my career and I, I am building things outside of football you know building relations trying to build certain things and then create certain things but it just came to realization how quick it can end you know it could be over I knew it wasn't going to be over but then it's just that if it were to be over now you wouldn't be ready to do all the things that you have in mind you know mm-hmm. so that just gave me a different perspective and I always thought I'm quite switched on with everything but it's just, it's just it can be over so quick you know so then you think about all these players how they must have felt when they got an injury and then heard look that's it for you your career is done so that was just the main thing and then just constantly think okay what can I do what can I do um, what if the right club doesn't come about you know what if it's not what I really want like I feel I can still perform on a high level but then you keep hearing yeah it's too old mm. Mm. maybe he doesn't have the legs anymore we're scared that this that that and I'm like, oh please <laughs> so like in terms of I know there was interest there was mm-hmm. phone calls at like, what level was this at like, was this championship prem was this abroad um, mainly championship a little bit abroad there was one very interesting thing from um, from the MLS um they pretty much just I was still with Nigeria when my agent told me about that um, because we had two friendlies and two qualifiers mm-hmm. so he called me one day and said look I think that would be very interesting because he knows that I'm interested in culture and like just mm. getting to know things outside of football you know getting life ex- experience really so that would have been potentially in Chicago I don't know if a deal would have happened in the end but mm-hmm. they were very interested but they wanted to know at first um is he up for it actually and I thought about it and I was like it would be amazing Chicago there's loads of culture um, black culture black history even in that city in terms of music and stuff but mm. said to myself that's too far for my family mm. it's just too far I couldn't do it because I hardly get to see them now because um, the schedule's been so busy over the past years and now it's still busy um and then it would be different time zones. Travel would be much longer. And on days off, two days off or something, you couldn't just hop on a plane, say, yeah. okay, let me go Berlin real quick and come back. That's no chance. So um, I said, and even probably would have been not longer than two, three years, but still it's like, it's not that my parents or uh, mm. other family members getting any younger. So I said, I have to miss that one out. And so that was one very interesting one, but then a little bit from from um, Middle East okay um, Germany as well but nothing really concrete where you're like mm-hmm. okay right so the most the 
the thing that was most likely to happen other than QPR was probably Wigan. I said that before a few weeks okay. ago after we played them. Yeah, yeah. Um, been in touch with them. Um, but yeah, when then QPR really had a goal for it. Um, yeah. And obviously with well, having worked with Mick before. Because mm, I advised that, was, that one for you as yeah, well. It's funny because that a few weeks before, yeah. the deal actually happened. I was like, bro, like, QPR would be good. So it's crazy the way it just everything just worked out, man. I know. And you told me even that you, you knew Jake there and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Got a good I know, relationship with I know. him. So. so it was just, yeah, it was funny. Maybe it was on you. Yeah, where's, yeah. My, where's my commission? I haven't got my, te- to, my agent's fee. You need to speak to Les Ferdinand. And Les, if you see this, he's coming for you. <laughs> so why, why QPR? Obviously, Les Ferdinand, the technical director, do, they're doing a fantastic job. Obviously, Mick Bill, who you've worked with previously, mm-hmm. but... What was the process behind saying, you know, what QPR, this is the perfect sort of marriage for me at the moment? I think the fact that I also always wanted to live in London, you know, I I think London is a great city, loads to explore. As as I said before, that's always something that interests me. Um, It's good for my girlfriend as well. Uh, It's close to the family. I have do have family in London or let's say London area because it's too big. (laughs) (laughs) But... um, and then I think Mick Beal was the main factor, you know. Um, and then one funny thing is QPR actually did try to sign me before I signed with Rangers. Oh, so okay. it almost felt like, you know what? Finally the time. Didn't, didn't, yeah. didn't work out back then. But maybe now is the time. Now that QPR comes around again, maybe now is the time to, to come here. And then with the whole setup with uh, Mick Beal being here, um, really wanting to work with me as well. I thought, you know what, that's that's probably it. And then, as I said, it broke down actually twice before it really happened, but it kept coming up. Um, and yeah, just the desire then as well, to, as I said, to, to live in London, to be able to live in London, that was, the combination of that was just great. Mm, I think you're a ranger for life. That's yeah, what they showed, ranger, ranger for life. And blue, <laughs> blue fever. <laughs> so like in terms of, coming in mid-season because a few games had already taken yeah. place so how did you find that sort of adjusting getting up to match tempo um i don't want to say it was easy but it was easier than expected mm-hmm. i think that's fair to say um because the team is unbelievable we have like an amazing group just in terms of chemistry um so they made it quite easy for me um I think Mick and, and his man management and the way he deals with players also helps a great deal. Um, I think I'm not too bad of a bloke myself, so <laughs> you know I didn't come in there with a big time attitude telling everybody, okay, you did this. Mm-hmm. No, that's not me. Um, probably a bit of the uh, bad cop attitude sometimes, you mm-hmm. know, because I'm a bit of a different generation than most of the <laughs> yeah, players. Yeah, yeah. So, there ha- mm, mm, yeah, might or might not have been a few little... Uh, rant mm. on my behalf but I take accountability for that but I think sometimes that's needed no but it's a great group and then um, I think I actually got thrown into action quicker than planned because we struggled with injuries but from then I, I feel like I pretty much hit the ground running um, and as I said just the whole environment of the club helped me a lot just trying to help me settle um, our players liaison Caroline she was unbelievable just she, she's always of great help and assistance and the whole stuff just made me feel very welcome. Um, my agent who helped me <laughs> live, or who allowed me to live with him for the first week, pretty much. And then, like I've, as I said, I've got loads of friends here. I've got family here, so all that helped um, me feeling welcome. 
um, and settle fairly quickly. In regards to McBill, obviously he's made a step up um, in terms of going into management. Mm-hmm. When you worked with him previously, he was the assistant manager of Rangers. What's the difference? Have you seen any sort of difference in him? I've been asked this question. It's hard to tell because um, even back at Rangers, he was... Yes, he was the assistant, but he would he would still be very much involved. So for me, the main thing is that I call him... Oh, I have to get used to calling him Gaffer. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I think he's... It's just that he has m- much more responsibility now. So now he's that number one guy there, the, the main man in charge. Um, but just in terms of his training and everything, it feels a bit like I've lived it before, even in terms of the meeting. But he said that to me, he said... Leon, this must feel like the, like like being up up in Glasgow or deja all, vu. Over, all over again, mm. like deja vu exactly mm. because you, you have seen all of this before. But and I said to Mick, I can't lie, I missed it, <laughs> I miss it, because he has a way of like the way he does his meetings, his training sessions, everything is really enjoyable. It's just like quick, sharp, right intensity, um, and just his his talk, the way he gives you confidence is just something that I always really enjoyed, um, and yeah, so. It's not too much of a difference, really, uh, maybe apart from just the perception. Mm. Yeah, because obviously we're going to divulge into the season and stuff, but recently there was that whole noise regarding Wolves approaching QPR mm-hmm. to speak to Mick about potentially taking the job opportunity. So how was that as players to like get Mick's confirmation that, boys, I'm with you, I'm here to stay, I'm not going to Wolves? I think that was big for everybody um, because you heard rumours going around... <clears throat> I'm thinking, was there even another team at the time that he was linked to? Potentially. Mm. Probably there will be more noise about him because there's been noise before. I think I heard rumours that even people talk about him becoming the next uh, England national team manager and Mm. stuff like that. So, Which is just a great testimonial for him and the work he does, I think. But ultimately, I think everybody knows what it would mean for any manager to go from from the championship to, to the Premier League. And I think it's a huge um, proof of, or it's, it shows how big um, his character is, you know, and his dedication to turn that down and say, look, I stay here at QPR where nothing is guaranteed, really. Mm. So I felt there was something, something huge he's done there for the club and also for us players because you could feel. We were a bit nervous. Mm. Mm. Or the majority of players like, is he going? Is he going? Is okay, he going? in the so changing room. Yeah, so, yeah. so yeah. We, we were making jokes, some <laughs> of the players. So I was like, hey, ask your... Not me. I'm not going to name names, but mm. some players was some were mentioning to others like, hey, ask your dad if he's staying or if he's leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Things like that, you know. Exactly. So that was funny. But at the same time, you could mm. tell, like even we played Cardiff on the night and players were asking like look what's going on so mm. some of the senior players I think um, Angs Albert Adoma he mentioned at one point look boys I know it's a lot of distraction and noise going around at the moment but let's just focus on the game make sure we do our job and after whatever's happening is going to happen and then even the day after we obviously had a stellar performance against Cardiff at home um, came in the next morning the dressing room banter goes on mm. like uh, is, he, is he here yet nah he's on the I don't know whatever mm. M way he's on uh, up to, <laughs> to Birmingham, up to Birmingham <laughs> and stuff so everybody was like a bit shook is he, is he, is he actually in is he not in yeah. blah 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 and then 
when he told us that he's going nowhere. And so, like, how did he put that to bed? Like, how did he nip the situation in the bud? So we had a meeting. I think it was a Thursday. We had a meeting um, to prepare for the game again um, against Wigan, and he just said, "Like, look, I'm I'm not even sure if I'm at liberty to say, but he pretty much told us, <laughs> look." I'm dedicated to this. Um, I'm, I'm really enjoying working with you boys and I'm not going anywhere. Um, and that was that. And you could just tell, like, with the boys, there was a quite a big bus, you know. Um, and then from there, we just carried on. It's normal, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on in terms of the season so far, how would you analyse the season? Because a few weeks ago, you guys were actually the table toppers and obviously results have kind of not been the best yeah. currently. So how would you analyse the season so far? Um, like you said before, I mean, I came in in the middle of, I think they had played like five, six games yeah. already at that point or maybe even more. Um, so I haven't been there from the start, but I think everybody would have agreed to be in the position that we're in now within touching distance of the playoff spot just before the season. Um, obviously, from the time they started in pre-season to the time I joined and un up until now, there's been some process going on. As I said, I've only been part of uh, part of it. Um, but obviously, it's, it's a bit sour, you know. It's mm. a bit... If you look at the past five games, I think, you feel like, or we feel like we've let ourselves down, um, which shows you that on one hand that we have been doing really well, but on the other hand, there's still work to do. Mm. And I think for us, it's about, because I, I feel like we built momentum and maybe we were mistaking that for having real deep confidence where we know that even if things don't go our way for a certain period in the games, we will still make it out because that happened to us but as I said we built momentum and in order to keep that momentum going and build like a deep confidence in what we're doing we have to show more consistency and I think that's just something that we still need to learn as a group we played in not many different formations but like just on my position as centre house we had like four different pairings mm -hmm. I think there's been loads of um, changes around the around the names and the team so to come out still in that position where we are, um, I think is is still a great achievement. That you cannot, um, yeah, you cannot mistake that for 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 being poor or anything. Yes, we 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 can do better. We know we should be in a better position because I think some of the we let ourselves down on set plays massively. Mm -hmm. So if you just take that away, probably we are a few points better off. And then everybody would be like, oh my god, QPR is mm -hmm. flying still, you know. So. Um, it's about perspective and I think Mick helps a great deal with that as well he always puts our minds right without being soft on us but he gives us the right idea about how to look at things and as I said there's work to do There's it's, it's, it's a progress um, it's not decided now it's decided in May eventually so we need to just make sure that we that we're ready to go again um, Burnley that will be a first game I think so far that's the best team in the league yeah. they're not on, on top for no reason and you can you can see that they are really like they've built something there you know mm. and maybe that's a, that's a team if you if you talk about building something yeah. like something solid maybe even a team to look at um, without 
looking down on yourself or, or, or belittling yourself. But um, yeah, I think so far it's been very enjoyable. Just before the break, we wish it would have been different. Yeah. But there's still a lot of time and there's still a lot of games to be played. And to be fair, when you look at the core of your squad, a lot of young players, as well, Ilias exactly. Chair, Chris Willock, exactly. Tyler Roberts, Jimmy yeah. Dunn at centre-back. So when there's young players, you're going to get that inconsistency. Exactly. So I think this break comes at a right time. Obviously, four defeats and five, you can recalibrate, reset, then go again. Get some and injured players back as well. And it's been emotionally draining with all the rumours about Mick and That's stuff true. like that. So it yeah. just kills that situation so when you get back you can just focus on football yeah I think we, we really dealt with that well even what you just said um, like that side of it, of it with the whole rumours about about certain personas so as I said um, I think the group is really strong um, we can build on top of that but I think um, we can be quite proud of what we've achieved so far but then at the same time we always need to be aware that so far so, we, so far we didn't really achieve something monumental you know, we put ourselves in a good position, but let's not get carried away. And I think that we just have to reset the mentality in that sense a little bit and then make sure that we keep on going hard and, and work hard and try to even demand a bit more of ourselves at times in order to just to not let ourselves down. Talk to us about your departure from Rangers. What do you want to know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like, it's a big sort of elephant in the room. Yeah. When you left Rangers, there was a post on the Instagram. Thank you. Thank you to the club, mm -hmm. everyone. It was all amicable. There were players that came out. Alfredo Morello saying, my big brother's gone. Mm. Fans, I sent you the messages, yeah. you know, from loads of fans saying, oh, Liam, why has he left? <laughs> oh my god we can do with him now this is a mess mm. joke of a decision so when there's that sort of anarchy and that sort of feeling around the departure it sends shockwaves normally you see things coming and say okay I expected him to mm. go but with your one it was unexpected so why did you leave Rangers? Um, so first of all just out of respect for QPR probably I do have to say that I'm extremely happy to be here but um, obviously for me it was quite a sad departure from Rangers because I love their club. I really got infected with their blue fever and that will be for life. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's not that I'm regretting to be at QPR now, but obviously that was for me even quite, yeah, you could say it's been a heartbreak um, because I did not leave Rangers. So it's more like I got released. That's, I think, the... A fair way to put it or of putting it um, and I did not really expect it I mean at one point down the line then I got prepared but still I did not expect that so when um, you say you got released were there contract offers at least to say Leon we want uh, you to stay I've never received an offer no no contract never. offer we were talking but I've never received an offer no so so Leon what's the difference between talks an offer because a lot of the time sometimes we'll hear talks and we'll think oh that's an offer so what's the difference Convers like was it just conversations it was just meetings? conversations really yeah so mm. I think I asked my agent around March or something what's going on um, because obviously I'm, my contract's coming to an end I don't have to tell you I, w I want to stay I love that club um, I feel like I found um, my football home there that's what um 
one of the masseuses always said disco he always said you found home here in football you found home <laughs> and that yeah but that hit home with me because I've never thought about it like that and I was like you know what disco you're right um but yeah I, I asked him and then he said yeah we're, we're gonna we're gonna talk to them and see what they're saying so there's been a few players at the time older um whose contracts came to an end um and it was just kind of we've been in that really successful but busy phase of playing uh, two semi-finals one against uh celtic another against leipzig in the europa league yeah. mm-hmm. um so it was just like they're gonna have a meeting and after that there's gonna be made an imminent decision and it was just dragging on dragging on and they were talking about some modalities of the contract how they think um what they think it can look like um so it was pretty much about f- agreeing a base or foundation of mm. how we're gonna yeah carry on from there and to me it felt just like a drag because at the end of the day um it was a bit of like we sent an offer actually then i think a few days before the contract ended um didn't hear back from them and then on the 31st of may that's when the contracts in scotland end i got a call i was in germany at the time in berlin from my agent he said no they're not going to do it like um and it's from from what, I, what i've been told it's been a bit of they were not the manager was not too sure about it and that they were or that the sporting director tried to convince him Russell Wilson yeah right. and then they had him had him on board but then on the other it was like a constant back and forth back and forth back and forth so at one point i actually thought okay now it's going to go quite quick because they told me yeah we're going to we we want him to, we want to keep you and we're going to find a solution blah, blah 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 and then at the at the final day actually uh they then said no uh can't really come to a conclusion and then i think it's better that if there's not a 100% decision if it's not really clear that we just that it's probably just better for, just for the work rela- work relationship that then we're just going to let things end the way they are now so at that time obviously my agent told me listen leon i think you've done everything and more in order to justify that to get another year um but if it hasn't happened by now in my experience I don't think it will happen so he told me that probably 2 weeks 3 weeks prior to to their to them telling me their decision um but yeah it was it was long because we played all these games in between then in hindsight looking back the last interview I actually gave after we won the Scottish Cup final almost feels a bit like a goodbye message because they to ask me about my contract situation and I told like the report is that everybody who knows a bit about me knows that I fell in love with the club yeah. and that means everything to me so it was a tough one to take really um and then even still during the summer um yeah was there a chance of you actually going back because we saw you at Ibrox yeah. for <laughs> a Champions League game against Union you know the cameras panned on you and I, I try and work out this situation <laughs> I try and work out this situation in my head because obviously there was the emergence of Calvin Bassey so mm-hmm. he started to play center back then obviously he had left mm-hmm. so that leaves a space so was there talks about a potential obviously you've left but going back 
I think the whole point was, or their minds were a bit about the whole centre half situation anyway, because there's been Philip Elano was there, Conor Goldson at the time. Mm -hmm. Talk of the town was actually that he's gonna leave, then he signed a new deal. Um, I think probably they've been waiting a bit on what's gonna happen with him. Um, but then Kelvin, nobody knew at the time when we were talking, is he gonna stay? Is he gonna leave? Um, but no, I don't think actually that there was a chance. I was hoping for it, I think. But at the same time, I think the manager at that point, well, beforehand actually, had made up his mind about my persona. So I don't think there was a chance. Um, I stayed in Glasgow um, until yeah, the end of August. So my my tenancy ended on the 1st of September <laughs> and I can't lie even at home me and my missus we always like yeah maybe there's a chance we were hoping mm. for it and then especially seeing that they did struggle in my position with injuries and stuff I was like okay maybe 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 and obviously I enjoyed still being there but at the same time it didn't help because whenever I ran into supporters on the streets or wherever mm. sometimes they just knock on your car's window because they look through and see you yeah. like, well, so you, you haven't got tints oh, what you know? I did but you know, yeah. probably not tinted enough <laughs> and you don't also you also don't want to get in trouble with the law so oh, yeah. <laughs> no but um, they just yeah what's happening big man you, you're staying you're signing back up no no why did you leave so that stuff I kept getting DMs and tags on Twitter everywhere. Even us. Even us. Yeah. Yeah. Hundreds yeah. of messages. Even, even yeah. now until this day like I posted something about um, uh, late Jimmy Bell oh, and then they rest in peace, yeah. they they say yeah we miss you back at Ibrox wish you were still here so having that during the summer <clears throat> just working on my own didn't really help um, as much as it was like a great testimonial for my services for the club and um, appreciation as well but that made it really, really tough. And at all this time, I was like, oh, maybe there's a little chance. Maybe there's a little chance. But never, I've, I've never been in touch then after. I, I met Ross Wilson once again after because he allowed me to keep myself fit um, and use their facilities. Uh, only done it twice, though, because it wouldn't have felt right to be yeah. around the boys. It was just... Um, but yeah, that, that was that whole chapter, pretty much. Um, it was tough really really tough I think you could tell from the message yeah. I wrote on Instagram or my socials that was really close to my heart the whole thing and that game that you mentioned I was still in Glasgow I just wanted to support I wanted to be in the stadium um, and I was crossing my fingers that they make it to Champions League yeah. uh, which they obviously obviously did it's a bit sad I never made it to one of those games because we've played ourselves and I would I would have loved to be in the stands um, mm. of Ibrox in a European night in the Champions League, uh, even more so on the pitch, obviously, because yeah. I've yeah. never played Champions League. But yeah, that was something I did not get to experience. Um, but yeah, that's 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 pretty much it. So you it mentioned something about the manager clearly wasn't a hundred percent. What was your relationship like with Giovanni Van Bronckhorst? Because before he came to the club from September to November, mm -hmm. you started 11 games in a row mm -hmm. for Rangers. Then after he came in, there was a slight decline mm -hmm. in obviously you playing. So what was your relationship like with him? It was good actually. Like nothing bad, nothing like that. I mean, the first thing, uh, the first game, he wasn't in charge, but he was announced manager already. I came back from national team. We played against Hips in, in another 
a cup semi-final. Like three one. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I came off injured, so <clears throat> that's the time where then Kelvin started playing his games, and um, as centre half, and I just took some time to get back. So that was pretty much the reason why then I haven't played for a long period, obviously. Mm-hmm. And then I think they had formed quite a solid partnership there. Um, but yeah, I think it was they tried to manage me a little bit. Maybe there were some concerns about my my fitness or my like the injury or something. Mm-hmm. But um, there was nothing I can tell you. Um, not because I don't want to, because I wouldn't know what to. Um, <laughs> Like there's nothing where I felt the relationship was sour or anything. It was pretty normal. He's quite a sneaker fan, I think, just like me. So <laughs> we even had a common base there. So yeah. He would come in with some hot kicks on. Yeah. Like, no. <laughs> definitely, yeah. definitely up there. So um, no, there was there was there was nothing crazy, um, but it was nothing actually. So can't really tell you. As I said, I'm I'm until this day. Not, I wouldn't say I'm completely in the dark, but I never got presented a 100% or like a reason where I was like, right, okay, why? Mm. So, so you're still in doubt now as to why you've left Rangers? A, a little bit, maybe. And I, I mean, I do have a bit of an answer, which I said before, like maybe there was an uncertainty if they're 100% behind it. And that then therefore they said in their experience, it's better to make a cut than having something where they're not 100% behind it. So in that sense, I do get it. But in terms of performances or whatsoever, there was nothing said to me. The opposite, actually. So I, I, I was being told that when I stepped in, even after my injury and not maybe being on 100% yet, um, I've done always really well, which is not easy. So, yeah, I, I heard a lot of reasons why I should have stayed. Not too many why I didn't. Mm last one from me on Rangers so like what are your overall feelings towards the club as we sit here today because for me it seems like there's like a big juxtaposition you love the club but you've almost left in heartbreaking fashion should I say Mm -hmm. and it sounds horrible to hear how you left the club so what's your overarching feeling towards the club now? It's been the best time of my career so far so as I said, I'm not going to talk badly about anyone there because I enjoyed great success with the club. Mm. I love the club to bits. The supporters have always shown me mad love. There's always a few, you know, that probably point fingers and whatsoever, but <laughs> like just in general, yeah. the the yeah, the love I've, and the appreciation I've been receiving, my teammates, it was unbelievable. The times we had, the dressing room, but everything was just top um so yeah these are decisions sometimes that are being made in football Mm -hmm. um that's not me saying i just i'm happy with it but you have to respect it and i accepted it um but there's no benefit in me carrying any sort of hatred or whatsoever because decisions have to be made at one point it was to my um disadvantage in a certain yeah, if, if you want to say it like that. Um, but overall, like I said, it's the blue fever. It caught me 100%. <laughs> I'm still watching the games now. Um, maybe more 
maybe I'm a bit more undecided or supporters at the moment with <laughs> cursing in front of the TV. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's not <laughs> going being, too well. And yeah. not being happy, but at the same time, I mean, I've been there. I know most of the lads and I know their dedication and everything. So it's it's heartbreaking to see that they're struggling at the moment a little bit. But um, no, there's there's no there's no bad blood or anything like that. Because the time for me at that club has been too special. The, the appreciation I still get until today crazy. is yeah. still too big for me as to kind of put shade on the time in any sort of way because it would take away so much of happiness and joy that I've experienced um, wearing the shirt being part of the of, of that club um, I wouldn't want to diminish that because I feel like maybe I've been hard done by or not been dealt with in the way I should have been dealt with hmm, so like, I wanna, I've got quite a few points on Rangers because I want to talk about Obviously, your last season there, which ended in a Europa League final. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about being man of the match in the Old Firm derby <laughs> that you won one nil. I want to talk about the current situation of Rangers now. So, if we can just maybe talk about when you were man of the match against Celtic, mm-hmm. that performance, man, that mm-hmm. was heroic. Because <laughs> Kyogo, like before the game, everyone was saying this guy, yeah, best player in the league. How do you stop him? And what you done to him that game was, whew, <laughs> had everything a Rangers fan would want. Heart passion <laughs> playing for the shirt that blue blood so like just talk to us about that performance uh it's more interesting to talk about what happened before probably because um i remember we ha- i think we came back from alashkart something to qualify for europa league and nathan patterson he had played games but i think on one of the trips before with the national team because there were still all these silly COVID rules with mm. like, I don't know what. And I'm not going to lie, we at that point probably thought somebody's trying to do us dirty, you know, because I think Taff was out with COVID. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nathan was fine. He was with the team and played. And all of a sudden he was deemed close contact. Uh. 10 days after he turbulent or something, we were like, what's going on here? Mm. And I remember it was a Thursday or a Friday. We've been in the indoor hall that they have. Um... And I think at that point we had to sit there because dressing room would have been too close for everyone. So Connor Goldson came to me and said, my brother, <laughs> I need you. I need you on my right side. Mm-hmm. So what do you mean? I mean you, you got me anyway. No, I got you, bro. O- always mm-hmm. when we play. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, I need you. And he <laughs> gave me that look with a little smirk. I was like, well, what are you talking about? And he's like, need you, bro. You need to get them long legs running right full back. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my, what, what do you know? Nathan's there. Because I did not fancy yeah. it, I can't lie. I, I used to play there and I enjoyed it. But obviously as you grow older, I mm. prefer centre-back. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's chill. More calm. I don't mind running, but it's just, especially the way we play. Mm, or we play there and the full-backs are supposed to play. Mm. So boy, I'm not ready for the running. However, he said, bro, whatever you need to do, get yourself ready. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> obviously I knew about Kyogo as well. I'm not going to say I was scared, but I know <laughs> yeah. to play against these type of mm. players, it's not easy. Not having played right fullback for a long time consistently. Yeah, because I, when I used to play against Ribery, I was a right fullback at the, at the time. So Name drop there, Ribery. Yeah, and Legends. I, I, I always been, I'm always getting asked who was my toughest opponent. It, w- it would probably be him, but I enjoy playing against what him because, player. yeah, so... Mm could mention others like Ibrahima Traore used to be for, used to play for Gladbach at the time he was yes, tough as yes. well other Bayern players 
uh, Coleman, oh, Robin. Oh, I played against oh. these and I played against other wingers as well. Mm. Marco Royce, Obama Young when he was at Dortmund. Like, it was, <laughs> yeah. But I, I had my feet set for that. So at that point, I didn't feel like my feet already, you know. Yeah. But, um, and I know like Japanese players I play with a few, they're very busy, they're lively, mm. they run hard all game. Their work ethic is unbelievable. So I did have a lot of respect for that guy. And I was just like, right, let's, as you said, like hard, passion, whatever. That's just what I try to bring to every game. That's just me. I'm a bit of a fighter, warrior, probably. So I just try to make sure that I shut that, shut that side down. Um, so yeah, had to get myself ready. I remember Steven Gerrard texted me just before the message. He said, just be yourself. You've played there before. European level, international level, Bundesliga. So you played against so many uh, big players on that position. You can do it. You are bringing your aggressiveness, all that, and you'll have a good game. And uh, yeah. yeah, and the rest is the history. man of the match yeah, yeah. Uh, trophy. Um, can't lie, remember the first time he dribbled at me. He had pretty much almost done me, but I just <laughs> slide tackled into him. And that's, that's what got the crowd going as well. Mm. And from then on, I just tried to dig in as hard as possible. Mick was actually in charge of that game because oh. the gaffer was out. Oh, uh, yeah, COVID, COVID as well. Yeah, we had yeah, quite a few yeah, yeah. players missing with COVID. Um, Robbie McRory was in goal, who had an unbelievable game himself. Um, but yeah, it's 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 unbelievable. And I remember Scotty Arfield coming to me after the match and said, "Bro, that game, you have no idea what it means. You've been here a year now, but man of the match in an old firm, they will never forget that. Yeah. Mm. Never ever." Um, and I didn't realize at the time I was just trying to catch my breath <laughs> so I was blowing <laughs> yeah um, and yeah that was that really enjoyable game Phil Hilander came up with yeah. a big header 1-0 win at home yeah it was was very 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 enjoyable I still uh, look back at that day with a lot of yeah joy Fun and memories. Proud, proud, mm. uh, pride as well that was that was a big day so when Steven Gerrard left the club in November, how did the boys sort of take the message or how did he communicate that with you? Because him leaving was a very, very quick mm. sort of decision. So it was like, like that. Um, I was, was in an, during an international break, yeah. I think. Um, and there were talks about it in the group chat and stuff. Um, but we were not all together. So I couldn't really tell you too much. I just know I was with the national team, I think. Joe was there for sure. I think Calvin was there as well. And we were just like, nah, he's gone. Mm. We, we couldn't believe it. Because we were like, nah, he's not going to leave. We're doing too well, blah, blah, blah. We were like, at that point, I don't know. We were four, four or six points yeah. clear, I'm not sure. Doing well in Europe as well. So, it's like, no. It's, nah, what's going to happen? What's going to ha happen? What's going to happen? So, it was weird. And I think, I can imagine... All of us were a bit heartbroken as well because even with him, everybody, whether that was Mick Beal, uh, TC, Gary uh, Tom, Tom Koshok, Gary Macca, um, Scotty, Jordan, like we had built a relation with all of them, you know, and I was there only for a year and a bit. There have been, there were players in that dressing room that have worked with him for three and a half years almost. So they had built a bond, you know, mm. so that couldn't have been easy because um, for me, at the time, I was like, can't believe he left us, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but then obviously in football, you always have to carry on. And I think everybody could understand. Um, 
because everybody knew he eventually wanted to go to the Premier League and I think that was a great chance. I think he actually had turned down a few offers at that point already. Um, I think it would have... Oh, so did he tell you guys in the dressing room? No, but I think think it's just some some rumours you heard before, you know, (laughs) um, because he was linked to other teams. Um, And I think at that point, he just thought, you know what, it's his chance and why shouldn't he take it you know i think he's done he's done well with us i think nobody actually had hard feelings or anything um it was just sad for us personally as as a team and as for the club um but for him personally i think it was it was the right decision at the time and i was i was rooting for him every all all the time for him and his stuff because as i said for me i think i mentioned it last year Uh for me he's done so much Mm-hmm. by bringing me to Rangers by giving me that platform boosting my confidence lifting me up and we became invincibles together so that I think we'll forever connect that group um, yeah. yeah but it was it was it was weird because you come back and it's just yeah. like he's not there anymore yeah because there was a different there was a certain energy they brought and yeah. it was just gone you know and everybody fed off of that in a certain way so yeah so in terms of obviously Steve and Gerard. He went to Aston Villa, but that journey's ended now. Yeah. Because obviously we know he was sacked by the club. So like when you look at that situation, obviously you've been a player in his dressing room and mm-hmm. there was loads of things coming out. I thought a bit disrespectful. Like, oh, it was all McBill. Steve Gerrard got found out at the top level mm-hmm. kind of thing. Being a sort of lieutenant under his stewardship, how would you sort of describe his management? I think he's an amazing man-manager. That was my experience. And I think him and Mick were just a great team, you know. Mm. Obviously, Mick was involved in loads of the tactical parts, but I think they've just done amazing teamwork together. Um, so just from that, just from from the point of looking at our success that we had together, it would be disrespectful to even discuss what people have said mm. about that, um, because at the end of the day, it's a Premier League. It's not tough. I don't think they've been in a good place. He took them over when for a reason, you know. Yeah. And I think um, it just didn't work out eventually the way everybody was hoping it to, to work out. Um, and as a manager in the Premier League, I think you've got, you get less time. Yeah. yeah. And there's more pressure. There's more spotlight. And potentially also you, I think at Rangers probably it was easier for him to, to call shots. In the Premier League, there's loads of people involved, mm. you know. So egos even like some of the players because exactly. you look like you had a good group exactly. everyone was sort of not at a certain level but it was a good team yeah. whereas when you go to like the Premier League you're dealing with players that are you know you have to earn your right exactly you, I mean I don't even know anyone at Villa hmm. so I wouldn't judge on anyone there but obviously there's big egos like the way they have some experience so maybe they won't have anything the certain way they have less tolerance whatsoever and um, I think he really had the chance to build something at Rangers. Um, he didn't get that same time to build something at Aston Villa, and I think that's just that's just just the the way things go in football a lot of the time. I mean, you see football managers being sacked all the time. I think being who he is doesn't make it easier for him because the the focus mm-hmm. will always be higher than mm-hmm. than with other managers. But he's still a young manager in his career. You can't forget that, you know. And I think he's he's done really well. And I'm sure he will look at himself. He's, I think he's very critical of himself. He will look at things that he could have done better and he will go again. And I'm pretty sure we will see him in the Premier League again. 
Definitely, because he's still, as you mentioned, very oh, young. Yeah. And I think even with the Mick Bill argument, Mick Bill is someone that's coached for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. Steven Gerrard, he had a playing career. So exactly. he's still just learning his trade. Exactly. So even if Mick, Mick Bill is a better coach than him, you expect it when you exactly. talk about dedicated <laughs> exactly. time to a craft. But that's the thing, like people always are so quick to judge. Mm-hmm. They don't, they hardly ever look at the facade or behind the facade, you know. You only see the results mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Most of the people only see what's going on on the pitch for mm-hmm. 90 odd minutes, you know. Um, you don't see the day-to-day the work, process. the, the, mm, the yeah. work they put in behind the scenes um, in, their, in, their, in, in his office and whatsoever. So you don't know the, the dynamics between players that he has to manage, the, the dynamics between him and, him and players, the dynamics between him and maybe the board or whatsoever. Like... You know, every manager has wishes for players, has wishes for this, new facilities, this and that. So there's so many things involved Mm. that most people, at first at least, don't really think about. And I think if you are being a bit more considerate, then maybe managers in general would maybe get a a little bit more time, you know, to work Mm. things out. And then you can still make a fair judgment call rather than just on the surface. Yeah, because towards the end of his time, there was a game against Fulham. Again, I'm a big Steven Gerrard fan, so I'm interested. I'm a Liverpool fan, so like the game against Fulham, when he was getting abused by the crowd, mm. and I'm thinking, this is big old Stevie G. This yeah. is the guy that saved Liverpool. And like, there's no respect, man. That but, is. But that's the thing, because um, everybody has an opinion that's fair, but I think social media being one of the problems in this is that the way you can voice it without like you can get away with anything um and the the level like people are not really scared to say things anymore and it's just taken away so much so they just disregard that you know mm-hmm. and then at the end of the day they might oh it's still Stephen. If, if they would probably i don't know 10 days later after they chanted and abused him they watch some of the highlights of him or something like, oh what the play he was mm-hmm. and they're full of respect again yeah. for those moments like a lot of the time people are not really he able to moment. just channel yeah. their emotions and just like take a step back and be like you know what we still have to have respect for the man, for the man. he might not work well for our club it might not work out but you know give him his flowers it's yeah. fine it didn't work out he gets sacked another one comes Fair enough, but all this abuse. Yeah. But I mean, that's not just for men. That's that's for for players. I mean, you've I'm sure you've talked about it with players before in your podcast. Yeah. If it's whether that's racial abuse or or any other sort of discrimination, it's just the the fear of people actually going over a certain um, limit. You know, mm. just crossing certain lines is just so low, mm. and that's a problem I think in general in society. Mm, I want to quickly like talk about the rest of last season because obviously it ended in that European run mm-hmm. when you went to Seville when you played against Frankfurt. I mean that run was crazy, beating Dortmund, yeah. beating Leipzig. Like I mean, what were the players saying to you, the German players, when you came up against Leipzig and Dortmund? They must have been saying, "Oh, not much to be fair," <laughs> because I wasn't in, I wasn't playing too much of those games, unfortunately, because. Um, the Dortmund games, I remember, I was praying that we draw Dortmund because I was, I wanted to play against Haaland so uh, bad, man. Yeah. And we know at what happened end, with him, yeah. At the end, he didn't play. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, I was like, okay, okay thank fair God. enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Probably the fact that he didn't play in the return leg might have helped us. You have to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just wanted to, I just wanted to get the chance to play 
against the striker that possibly might be the best striker within the next decade or something, yeah. you know? So, and just see what is, because I have friends that still play in the Bundesliga and ask them, what is he like, man? Is he, mm. that, is he that hard to beat? And then one said, bro, when, when he gets going, it's tough. But if you keep them at bay as a team, you can manage it, you know? Because mm, we've seen this season that some defenders literally like falling on the floor when he comes in contact with <laughs> yeah. them, just absolutely. Listen, but I can show you some mm. players from the Nigerian national, national team squad that do that as well, you know? And you wouldn't <laughs> expect it. But it's just, no, but he, he's a fen- he's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You can't lie. And I just wanted to be able to compete against one of the best in the world, you know? Mm-hmm. So obviously missed out on that. I played the second leg against Dortmund, came on at halftime, I think. And then... I mean, there's another player who's n- he's not so bad as Jude Bellingham. Ooh, he is yeah. unbelievable, man. I, I said to him actually after the game, look, for you it's frustrating now and everything, but you are unbelievable. Just keep doing your thing. I'm 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 gonna watch you as a fan because wow. it's beautiful to watch you. But he's unreal. Mm. Um, the way he takes responsibility that was crazy. Does it remind you of Steven Gerrard? A bit as that's what people say, you know, okay, but yeah. at a young age, you know, taking that much responsibility, mm. I wouldn't be able to make a judgment call because I haven't watched too many games back then because I couldn't back home in Germany. <laughs> but uh, from what I've been hearing, they must be pretty similar in that sense of leadership skills. Even I was shook, like some things he threw about at players. <laughs> Older yeah. than him, much older. Yeah, there was something about Schulz. I think he said something to him yeah, during the that, game. That, that, I saw that, that, that yeah. was a bit off limits, probably. Mm. Mm. Um, but then again, in the game, you know, it happens. Mm. You just emotionally, <laughs> you want to win. He's a winner, you can tell. Mm. And that happens. Um, as long as afterwards they shake hands and stuff. But it's not even that. Even the way I like experience, like senior players, accomplished players, more accomplished than him. Yeah. Obviously, he's 19. They are, what, 30, 31, 32, whatever. Mm. And I was like, Wow, <laughs> but it was it was nice to see. Um, but just to come back to your question, it's just um, there was not really much because the the manager at the time he had like long meetings, very detailed me- meetings, so the, the boys knew everything they they needed to know. I was more excited to be able to go back home to Germany. Okay, what well, did <laughs> so you sneak a day off? No, 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 no oh, I couldn't, I couldn't. Okay. But I I only went to Leipzig um, because Dortmund the first leg I was still injured or recovering. Um, but I was in Leipzig, you know, get some good old German bread again. <laughs> <or something. laughs> and my family actually came over for the game and some friends from school. So that was pretty nice because I hadn't been in Germany for quite some time at that moment. So, yeah, that was that was brilliant. Mm, so and like, yeah, just knocking them out then as well was just going all the way to the final. That was unreal. That's probably the only thing where I was mad, like proper, proper angry at the manager because... I felt in terms of having played German oppositions, not playing me in that final against Frankfurt, not even as a sub, that mm. was really making me, that was disappointing and really made me angry. Because. Not making um, subs, Bench. You didn't. You no, no, I was, I was there, but the sub, not yeah. even coming on as a sub, yeah, you know, for yeah. extra time whatsoever. Picked another player at the time for my position, and I could not believe it. At the, at the moment, I just thought, you know what, swallow your pride. You need to push the team from mm. the bench as good as you can, but. Mm. After that, I was fuming because mm. I had played against Frankfurt loads. For me, it was even a bit personal because I used to play for Mainz and their rivals. Yeah. Oh. So I would have that would it would have been very Extra personal end. to me yeah. to hurt yeah. them. <laughs> yeah. And one of my best friends 
Him as well. I just to to rub it in his face. So he plays wouldn't. for Frankfurt. No, no, no. He's a Frankfurt oh, supporter. Okay. He's from Mainz. Yeah, he's a Frankfurt supporter. Mm. Just, just yeah. to rub it in his face. Mm. I mean, if we would have won, I would have rubbed. Really? I would have rubbed that in his <laughs> face. Turned up at his doorstep for a lifetime, bro. <laughs> for a lifetime. But yeah, obviously, then he he actually was there. Um, um, and then saw me there as well. That was it was a tough moment. Um, but yeah. Yeah, so in terms of, obviously, like we know what happened in the final, you didn't um, get the win. And obviously players left. Obviously, Joe Rebo's mm-hmm. gone to Southampton. Calvin Bassey's gone to Ajax. And you've obviously left as well. This season, we've sort of seen a different Rangers. They brought in Ben Davis mm-hmm. from Liverpool. They brought in Suter, the defender. So there's a new look. And obviously the fans are in uproar they're saying this isn't the Rangers that we've had from last season we've seen in Europe there's been some bad results you know 7-1 at home to Liverpool conceded the most goals in group stage history Mm. to my knowledge yeah yeah so like fans are really like at this moment in time Giovanni Van Broncos he's under some pressure there's talk about meetings being taken place over this World Cup period whether Mm -hmm. to decide whether he's gonna continue or not so as a fan and knowing the boys in the dressing room, how do you view the season? Oh, I say it's probably not easy right now mm. for them, you know, for none, none of them there. <clears throat> it's not easy for supporters because the other side of town will just rub it into their face like they always do, and <laughs> they won't. They have no filter. Mm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's hard. It's really. I can only imagine like that. The atmosphere cannot be great. Mm-hmm. The the mood overall in, in camp or in, in in the dressing room cannot be great. And still they have to dust themselves off, you know. But it's just like you get one blow after another. Then you dust yourself off. You have like a moment where things look good again, and then you get another one in Champions League. It's tough. It's not easy. Um, and then obviously with the with the bad run they had and results not going their way even in the league now I think it was always going to come to that point we just mentioned uh, Gerard. it was always going to because there's loads of pressure in, in, in uh, at Rangers as well mm. if you um, don't win for two games it's a crisis especially if you sorry especially if you then especially in the league domestically you need to perform and I think that probably is the reason why then there's talks about um the club discussing his future mm. um, but this was always going to happen I think he's very well aware of that everybody knows the dynamics of football so it's nothing that comes as a surprise yeah. um, I think it's just important mainly for the team that they just use this break to recharge they have had tough luck with injuries as well um, so there's a few contributing factors to things not really going their way but then at the same time, it, this won't be allowed as an excuse because it's Rangers and you still need to perform to a certain level. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's difficult times at the moment, really. Um, it's, as I said, hard to watch. But at the same time, I've been in the dressing room, so I feel for the boys because I know they all do their best. I know they, they're in the gym every day. They, they do their training. They go hard in training and everything. But it's just... We spoke about confidence Conf- before, yeah. and for them, about uh, at the moment, it's about regaining that. And to regain it, they have to build momentum and create momentum. Um, yeah, therefore, it might not be bad that they have this break now. 
get a few players back in, a few bodies back in, and then come back with a bang after after the World Cup break. That's what's needed, I think, to turn the the climate around the club around you know and get everybody on your on your back again because once the supporters see that spark you know and mm-hmm. that passion they will be backing you mm-hmm. um, and I think that's just something where maybe there's a bit doubt at the moment um, so what do you make of like the Champions League run because it's not really been competitive like I think last season everyone probably would say man for man if you look at Leipzig and Dortmund squad maybe man for man they're better than Rangers but mm-hmm you were so good at sort of dragging them down to your level, if that doesn't sound too disrespectful. Whereas in this Champions League run, it's like, it's almost like men against boys. There's not that, you know, Rangers were basically like the whipping boys and that's very, very painful Um, for the fans. Obviously, especially because they haven't been in in the Champions League for long. But it's it's hard to say because, yeah, there's the argument about money that definitely should be weighed in, yes, but then at the same time, I think if you look at it from a supporter's point of view, is do you just let this happen to yourself? Do you go down with a fight? And I would never say the boys didn't fight because as a player, that's the mm. l- it's not my place to say mm. that. And I know them. They wouldn't have gone down with a fight. But sometimes it is hard as a player if you just get these beatings and if you're low on confidence to just put like get yourself, pick yourself back up and just make sure that you are the best version of yourself. It can be really tough. And not all performances have been bad, but then at the end of the day, on that level, you just get punished and yeah. it can be... Demoralizing. Just, it can be cruel, you know? <laughs> so any little mistake can just end up in the back of your net. And I think, unfortunately, that's what happened. Um, and this is something, it's a tough experience, but the question then is how do you pick yourself up from it and how do you learn from it I think that's the main thing that you or how you have to approach it because it's done it is done you have that terrible historical record and everything yes but dust yourself off go again make sure it doesn't happen like this again and most importantly make sure you get into Champions League again that should be the focus and to get there you need to get the league right first Mm. Um, and and then you can build on that last one from me on Rangers um Alfredo Morelos, your good friend. (laughs) There's a lot of rumours around him at the moment because he's in the last 12 months of his contract. During his time at Rangers, there's been criticism, people Mm -hmm. sort of saying he doesn't know how to manage himself. This season, he's got like three goals in 12 games. Rangers signed a new striker, Kolak, who's Mm -hmm. probably seen as the first choice. How important do you think it is that Rangers keep him? I think Buff is a monumental figure there it's just he's he's loved by the fans um and certainly keeping him on signing him on giving him a new deal would be a big sign for the club as well to go forward being able to keep one of their key players over the last few years um but i think for him he's probably still not up and running 100 percent because he came back from a big injury um and you always say like you need the same sort of time um, to get back up to speed. Um, obviously, with with uh, Cholak being in there now, it doesn't make it easier because he's just scoring goals for fun. Yeah, um, I think he's the top scorer in the league at the moment. So that means Buff is not getting as much game time as he used to, which obviously him personally doesn't help too much. Of course. Um, 
But from what I've seen, definitely I've seen him work harder than ever before. Mm-hmm. Um, doing extras even outside of the training ground and stuff. Um, but I think in just what he gives the team, even in terms of a link-up player, I think it would be it would be massive to keep him on board. How is he as an individual? Because again, <laughs> there's a media <laughs> side of him like, oh, ill-discipline, red cards, doesn't know how to manage himself, as I said. But you know him as a friend. He sees you as like a big brother. So what's the side to El Buff that you see? He's special, funny. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, he's different, yeah. And maybe he's not your... Uh, how you call that? He's not your perfect example, maybe for everything, but I think he's he's got a big heart. He's got a good heart, and you know he'll he'll fight for you. You know, it's just you have to know how to handle him. And obviously, he's coming from Colombia. He's coming from a different place than most of us. He's coming from a different environment. Has seen different things, so that will always shape his character. He might not put as much importance onto certain things the way we do. That mm-hmm. does mean he doesn't take it seriously, though. And I think you need to give him a bit of space mm. in order for him to be at his best. Doesn't mean that you sometimes you don't have to discipline him because if there's all these talks and rumors about discipline and this and that, then probably there's some truth to it to mm. a certain extent. But it's I think it's um, about managing it in the right way, like giving him a bit of liberty without letting him turn into a loose cannon. And then I think everybody has seen what he can give you. Yeah, because some managers might say, you know what, this is not worth the hassle. Like maybe mm. like a Steven Gerrard, because he had experience, obviously with a Luis Suarez, being around different types mm. of individuals. Whereas other managers might say, no, all the group, you must treat everyone the same. So we're going to cast you aside, you're late, that's it. Mm. You're on the bench kind of thing. <laughs> if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what I said. It's like, sometimes it's just about the man management, not just from the manager, also from the group. And I think with if Buff is at his best, he gives you so much and then you're willing to maybe accept a bit more um, but at the same time you cannot let it get it out of hand of course yeah you've, you've mentioned the World Cup and international football quite a few times during you know this whole interview you're so heartbroken aren't you oh we're gonna get <laughs> onto that yeah, so <laughs> we've got we got Ghanaian friends and That's we can't it, even yeah. talk to so them I'm not gonna lie yes, Leon I, look, I speak for myself and myself only I was embarrassed after it like embarrassed yeah because comments everywhere in Nigeria are not going to the World Cup that performance was shocking you know I was, I'm in a group chat with like 10 of us we're all Nigerian right mm-hmm. and we were just like oh we're going to be missing out I saw your statement you know after the game how is your how did how what happened what's gone wrong <laughs> Let's go, this is a travesty what, what is it sorry Leon what, um, what's gone wrong what's gone wrong I mm. think is the it's the first leg we did not score that would have changed the whole picture probably Mm. Um, it's a bit funny because that season the away goal rule got scrapped everywhere (laughs) I don't know why they didn't do it in Africa I have no clue (laughs) until this day I don't understand (laughs) maybe the Uh, person that made the rules was a god I have no idea no I mean they would have Mm. um, they would have suffered from it Mm. as well if they would Mm. but it was a weird one that's something I did not understand (laughs) It's gone everywhere, just not in Africa. Well, however, had to deal with it. And then we did go to Ghana to play that first leg. And, um, yeah, it was a tough game. You know, there was this whole fuss about them changing the stadium last minute into a stadium where they've never lost. And they say whether 
Juju may or may not have been involved, <laughs> all sorts, whatever. Mm. Um, and it was it was tough for us that game, can't lie. It was really really tough, and we ended up playing no no. Mm. Um, I just remember we had a meeting the one or two days after, and one of the staff said we're seventy percent through, and I thought to myself that can't be right. We played a goalless draw away from home. If that is helpful to anyone, mm. then that's Ghana. So I was like, mm. <laughs> well, whatever. And we just said, look, we have to just pour our hearts out for that game. And I can't lie, um, driving to the stadium on that day, I was holding back tears because I was touched by the support. I've never, I've played with great support. Like I'm not trying to be disrespectful to any of the places we played mm. with the national team before, or where I've played with the national team before. But Abuja that day was packed, and I've seen little boys, girls, families, elders, everybody rooting for us. The stadium was packed, and it was unreal. And I said to myself. Just for them, we have to make it. Mm. And obviously, it was heartbreaking then when we conceded that first goal. Mm. That was a tough one to take. Um, came back with a penalty, but then we couldn't just couldn't break them down. It was we had a few chances, but nothing really too like nothing really that forced them. You know, nothing that really got them to got them shook or anything. Mm. So. In the end, you have to say Ghana probably deserved it. You have to, you just have to be, you have to hold up your hands and say they deserved it because we came hard for them. <laughs> but then I think second half they changed their shape, and that was pretty much what just took a bit of the wind yeah. out of us. Um, yeah, that was very, very it was hard. Yeah. So yeah, we saw after the game, you went into the changing room man by man you offered your hand congrats 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 I think that shows what type of person you are and what made you do that because most people would just be bitter oh my god World Cup we're not in Qatar and I was because potentially or p probably that was my last chance to be in the World Cup as well looking at my age I mean never say never but um, I have to be a bit realistic as well so uh, that was tough but I thought to myself you know what most it will be the first World Cup for most of them and I remember how happy I was that day so I just thought you know what let me go over shake hands congratulate them because as I said, just said I think they deserved to go because at the end of the day we didn't have enough questions for them um, to break down and yeah fail so I just thought that's the right thing to do um, mm. Because at the end of the day, it's about fair play as well. Um, and then, obviously, I knew their manager, Otto Ado, oh, from yeah, Germany. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. spoke to him a bit afterwards. And Chris Uten was there, who used oh, to be my yeah, back yeah. manager. Um, Sami Kufa was there, Bayern legend for oh, me. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. Anthony Buffo, whom I've known as well, met him before. Could speak a bit of German with them. I was just like, listen, fair, fair play. Like... Your, your tactical change second half that, that killed us um, but all the best going forward because he's a young manager as well he, just, he had just taken over the job 
So it was really just to wish them well. And I told them to do Africa proud, West Africa proud, mm. because it's, it's, it's in their hands now. Mm, because we saw after the game as well, fans ran onto the pitch. Mm. And I saw a picture of you like shielding people. <laughs> that was a good one because I actually shifted one. I was angry. Well, <laughs> 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 you shifted like a fan. Like yeah, someone. because I don't know. I don't know. I don't, th- I don't think they were trying to attack me, but it was just so many people and these things can get out of hand. I was just about to go into the tunnel and somebody just dragged me, dragged me and I was angry. We just lost the, well, we just got eliminated. I just turned around and just pushed them away, just pushed them back. So if you see this, sorry, but you came too close, brother. No, no, I hear you. I hear you. Because like, when I look at the failure of Nigeria, I look at that team, Victor Osiman, for me, part of that next generation mm. of striker, he's a top five. He You've got Joe Rebo, Wobi, Ola, yourself, True Stekong, Indeedy. There's so much talent. It's almost like... Bassi is... Bassi as well. So, yeah. It's like, how do we not get through? Obviously, it takes two to tangle. There's two teams, mm-hmm. but this team should be there. Yeah, but at the end of the day, as I said, tactically, they made it, they had an impact. Second half, he made a change. Um, and that was enough. Mm-hmm. And that we didn't have, we didn't have the right answers for it. We couldn't really come up with solutions. And um, that's why I said we, we, we really struggled then to, to find ways. So when you say we, is that the players on the pitch or the coaches? The team, as a team, everybody. Mm. Um, because certainly we tried. I remember Kelvin, he was almost, not breaking down, but he was tired. Mm. Um, and then I remember some some players, or not players, some, some pundits or whatever came out saying, yeah, we shouldn't invite players that are not fit to play African football. How can you? Because he said in an interview before that he needs to get used to the heat, but I'm sorry, we played in Abuja. Mm. Most of us play in Europe. Yeah. So it doesn't matter mm. if players are from Abuja or wherever. If you spend the majority of the year in in yeah. Europe, in England, playing football, <laughs> I'm sorry, cool. you're not going to be used to that heat mm-hmm. of 37 degrees or something. Mm-hmm. That's just nonsense. Um, and he played his heart out. He was cramping up and everything. Loads of hours. Remember, I remember I was tired. But you just tried to keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. You try again, you try again, you try. We, we tried everything. But everything on that day was not good enough. And that's just the bitter reality that you sometimes have to accept and I know supporters then always come yeah but we should beat we should beat we should do this we should do that yeah but uh, Liverpool should beat Nottingham and they didn't mm-hmm. so <laughs> I recall last time when you came on the platform you had words for the Nigerian Football Federation mm-hmm. and you know I read a lot of things online and they say you know like a lot of fan opinions are saying you know what I'm not going to blame the players I think the failure is more about the infrastructure and the environment for the players Mm -hmm. because they're not given the best platform to perform out there on the pitch last time when you came on you said things need to change in terms of hotels the Mm -hmm. care you know if you want Osterman to be the next world star there needs to be a better sort of environment for him since the last time we spoke has there been improvements I think a little bit but then it's fair to say I missed out the last two camps unfortunately to due to little injuries so um, obviously we have a new manager um, Portuguese yeah, yeah you can yeah. definitely see he's got different ideas different philosophies which are I think pretty good um, he will need time to adapt um, I think there's something that broke about him already as well. Mm. Um, about about or more about like 
his situation with 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 Nigerian football. Um, but yeah, I I think there's still a long way to go. I've just thought about it the other day. I've seen what, what have I seen? I've seen on Sky News. I think it was Portugal. You see the players going to the hotel and then they enter with their cars or their bus and you see like mm. it's the Portuguese Football Federation. It's the Portuguese Football Federation's. Um, their facilities, their camp, mm. just like the English team has it, like Brazil has it. And that's something I think I wish for Nigerian football, whether I'm still going to get to witness it, witness that as a player, but that we have one place where we camp in Nigeria. That's our base. Mm. We have our facilities there where you have your, like your, gym, your everything. three, four yeah. pitches, whatever. You have your gym, mm. you have your your facilities for recovery, mm. you have your physio rooms, your changing rooms and all of that. That would be something for me where I think that should be one of the main targets and then investing in grassroots football, making sure that the structure for the players that are supposed to feed the super eagles, that they have the facilities. And I think there's new people now in charge. I think they, they will try to attack it and I think at the end of the day, you have to judge them on, on their results, just you, like you judge us players on results. But I think there's there's been little improvement in, in terms of accommodation, in terms of the travels. Um, so that's a start. And uh, hopefully it goes on that way. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, because you mentioned um, about this potentially being your last World Cup run. So like, where do you stand on your international future? Are you still going to make yourself available for selection? Or where, where do you, have you made the decision? Uh, I thought to myself, ideally thinking we're going to go to the World Cup and then after that I'm going to call it quits, but obviously cannot peace out like that. So <laughs> I'm going to, I'm, I'm still going to uh, carry on as, as long as I'm wanted. That's the main condition, obviously. As I said, I missed out the last one in, when was it? September, I think. And I'm missing, I'm actually not supposed to sit here. I should yeah, be with Portugal. the team of Portugal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I picked up a little injury last week, Tuesday against... Um, uh, Huddersfield so I had to miss out unfortunately um, but no I'm I'm not done yet I still feel like I've got more to give um, even in terms of experience and guidance and maybe even just my voice because yeah. as we know I'm not shy to, yeah. to name uncomfortable truths <laughs> but it's not because I want to harm anyone um, whether that's in the NFF or somewhere else it, like a governor whatsoever but I think we have something unbelievable at hand in Nigeria I think the talent that Nigeria produces is unreal Mourinho said a few years ago I think that if African countries would have the same um, means as the countries in Europe we would have an African world champion by now Mm. and that I think you could probably claim that it's true. Look at all the players that are playing in the mm. diaspora. They grow up there and that then decide to play for England or yeah. for France or whatever country, you know. There's mm. so much talent. Even for Nigeria, like a Saka, Tomori, exactly. Abraham. Look at, are, yeah. We could have mm. an unreal team and I think we just need to focus on keep making things more attractive and I will try to help as much as, as possible. And you, Probably even if I'm not playing for the Super Eagles anymore, I will try to somehow have an impact um, on Nigerian football because it has given a lot to me it has given me the chance actually to connect with my roots properly and to discover more about my identity 
and not to mention the, everything in fo- football, playing a World Cup, playing in Afcon. Um, so yeah, there's there's things to give back, and uh, hopefully that can inspire, and hopefully that can help improve things in the future. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in terms of obviously um, the World Cup happening now, what's your views on it? There's been a whole sort of issue about human rights and stuff like mm. that, and I know you're. <laughs> A very sensible person, so I'd love to get your your view on it. It's tricky because I do understand all the um, all the noise about the human rights that's just shambles, and I've seen something the other day where now they're hiring fans from yes. different countries or people from different yeah, countries to then and equip them with like shirts of Spain, Brazil, yeah, yeah, and all the participating yes. countries. Where I'm like, <laughs> come on, man, what what is this? Mm. Um, I think first of all they're probably not doing their own people justice because from what I've been hearing is that the Qataris actually are quite invested in football you know so give your own people the chance to express it in their own ways but then obviously the the whole other things um, in terms of human rights and building the stadiums accommodations of, of the of the guest workers and then like being homophobic and all these sorts of things mm-hmm. that's obviously a, a, a big problem at the same time though I think people shouldn't be overly critical of the players because yes, as a whole group, they could say, as a players union sort of, they could also, we're not gonna do that because we stand with those people, yes. But then again, ask yourself, how many times did you have the chance to, to do that? I don't know, in, in other problems in society mm. with, I don't know, homophobia, mm. racism, whatsoever, any sort of discrimination. And then did you do it? Or did you not do it? Because for for me as a player, I'm thinking it's a privilege to play in the World Cup, and every player dreams of playing in the World Cup. Getting there is not easy. So now to call out all the players and telling them all sorts of names and whatsoever, I think it's a bit harsh because this is something you work for your whole career, and if you are lucky enough or privileged enough to represent your national team and actually make it to the World Cup then I think this is something that is hard to turn down, mm. you know? So I think this is something people need to consider when they when they come after all the players because they should not be blamed for what other people decide, you know? Whether that has been done in the wrong or in the right way, which is very questionable, obviously, so. Mm. That makes sense. And so in terms of a winner of the World Cup, Obviously, you've got German roots. I've got no clue, bro. Okay, so what, no who are you supporting? Germany or? Um, my girlfriend's Brazilian. Oh, yeah. So, I think they're going to win. Yeah. Uh, I might have bought the Brazilian shirt. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, obviously, it's always nice to watch Brazil play normally. I think they're a very exciting team. I think France has got an unbelievable squad. Mm. Um, but yeah, Germany's squad is also not bad, yeah, uh, to say the least. But at the same time, if I look at Germany, their form hasn't been great, but they're always a good team in, in turn. You can never rule them out, but for me, it's tough. I think even a team like Belgium, full of good players, could be some sort of surprise team. I think they've been quite a, kind of a secret favourite in the last Euros. Mm-hmm. So let's see how, how good they will do. Netherlands always... But I think... I'm probably Spain as well. Can't yeah. them, but I'm, I think first two teams that come to my mind are probably Brazil and France 
Okay, yeah. A lot of people are saying Brazil or Argentina because of the quality Argentina, and the heat. True, the heat. Them, yeah. Because of the heat is going to favour them and stuff like that. So, like, yeah, last one from me before I know we want to wrap up. So, what does the future entail? Obviously, you've got this season um, with QPR, but even going forward, because as I say, when I speak to you, you're very multidimensional. Mm-hmm. Like, the way you think, you've, you've definitely got, after you finish your career, which is hopefully in a few more years' time, like... You should be sort of like um, a governor or making rules <laughs> and like you, you've maybe got, going to pundit. Yeah, pundit. You've got like a very you're unique. You're different. Um, I think punditry um, or TV could be something that interests me. I did have a few requests already in the past. Um, back in Germany, I've had one actually the other day or the other week here to do something in England so that's definitely something that I would enjoy doing um, I can't tell for now it's football yeah. and I'm just trying to find the right niche where I really feel comfortable in doing I don't know I, I always have this vision or this idea of doing something with what I've achieved through football the context I've made the, the, the money I made and stuff like that to build something that can even grow bigger and get bigger than football in terms of what it gives me for life and um but yeah it's it's a lot of thought process in there um but i have to get started that's the main thing because that's the one thing i realized like you have if you have all these ideas mm, that's nice execute, yeah. but ideas alone they won't put food on the table and they won't make things happen you know they won't fulfill you action so action exactly action you have to actually have to you have to put in action and execute so that's that pretty much I, I can even say in terms of QPR we have all these visions but we need to execute properly we yeah. didn't execute for the for, uh, for the last few games so that's that's probably the next thing that I'm gonna yeah. tackle and apart from that there's always as I said things in my mind and maybe not 100% on the thing yet that I've decided for but Punditry would definitely help so if you boys ever need help with something <laughs> if you have any link up shout me out but yeah as you said I'm, I'm interested in loads of things and um, yeah why not I could see myself doing multiple things as long as it's like within something I can I can represent I can stand for that's fine by me Leon very last one we've got a new feature on this podcast where we ask our guests to recommend a potential guest in football to come onto this platform Mm -hmm. so you've been given the almighty task of recommending a potential good fit for us to get onto this platform first name that comes to my mind is william truce ekong okay my national team dutch (laughs) nigerian brother um you know i think he's in terms of that's why we get on so well on the pitch and as well as off the pitch i think he's also somebody who thinks very much very much outside of the box i think his story is also very interesting i don't know he played in like six mm-hmm. different countries seven different countries or something i think udinese as well right Did yeah udinese? so he's he's been about you know to get to the prem and which obviously he fulfilled for himself last season um they just got back on track so they're pretty much on course to at least have a goal and get back up there um i think he's got a great business mind probably okay Um, he's a very very interesting character um just based on the way he grew up the influences he had on his life fascinating career really um, he's playing for his like boyhood club as well. He's a Watford boy. 
apparently. This, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not even, I'm not even trying to say that's a lie. I wouldn't be able to tell. Um, <laughs> but it's just, no, listen, just, um, I don't even want to say too much okay. about it, but f- definitely the, the, the phrase earned, not given is mm. big for him. But it definitely is accurate. He can tell you more about it if you decide to invite him on here. Mm. But uh, I think he would be a great fit. He's got loads of things to tell. Very, very interesting stories to tell. Um, whether that's about the national team or just his his club career, I think that's really inspiring. Um, similar to in a, in, a, in a similar way to mine, but just from a different perspective again. Because I had to go through a lot of hardship, but in different ways than he had to. Um, and it's just very inspiring for the vast majority of football players who think Neymar and Mbappe is just that's that's just it because there's just loads of other football players who are not that exceptional but who are sub- substantial to the game without them there's no game because mm. you that's the, and I'm not I don't even want to, want to call us average players but we're just not that level they yeah, call it the mere mortals then there's the that's yeah, what people exactly yeah. exactly and I think he's got a very very inspiring story to tell just just from that point of view alone because I think he's sacrificed loads um, in order to get where he's at today and I think that will be very interesting to hear mm, just final one from me obviously because it feels like we've spoken a lot about Rangers mm-hmm. and Nigeria and stuff Obviously, we respect QPR fans, so we want to give you a final message to them. Well, pretty much, I just want to say thank you because they, the way they've welcomed me from day one, obviously played a massive part in me settling down quickly. Um, the acceptance was really amazing. I'm, I was really, really impressed with their away support over the past few games. That, we, <laughs> that has, been, fans, outs- that yeah. has been outstanding. Yeah. Um, even though we probably let them down. Uh, so they can feel disappointed. That that's 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 fair enough. Um, but yeah, thank you for your support. I hope I'll see you all at Loftus Road. Um, come the eleventh, I think, of December against Burnley, and then um, let's get back onto this mission together and make sure it's a su- successful one. Leon, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, towards the end obviously one of the cameras died so apologies for that <laughs> yeah. um, so one camera will just be on Leon for the last 15 camera, minutes no one cares camera. about yeah. us everyone cares about you so that's another episode of the Beautiful Game Podcast Leon it's been an absolute pleasure, pleasure. thank Thanks you for being me. open transparent and we always know you're going to be honest with us so thank you thank you as well we're going to leave I'm it there I'm going to come to Loftus Road this season Definitely. as well be my guest for two years no problem <laughs> be my guest thank be you guess. we're going to leave it there over and out peace Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.